0: Hello and welcome to Project Endo, podcast all about endometriosis. I'm your host, Eddie Tyrrell, and thank you for joining me. Today's guest is filmmaker Meg Allen-Cole. We discuss her documentary, Blood and Guts, Exposing Endo. So hello, Meg. Thank you
1: for joining us today. Hi, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it
0: oh, you're very, very welcome. I, you know, first off, congratulations on the film, a documentary, Blood and Guts Exposing Endo. I really, I don't know if the right ones enjoyed it, but I was like, oh, it's relief to see like something like that and uh, definitely i uh, really recommend people watching it but um, before we go into it can you just tell us a bit about yourself and how did your endometriosis story start for you
1: yes um again i'm meg she her and my endometriosis story mostly began or most likely began at birth because my mom had it um but that area is sort of unknown but that's sort of what we project i started to notice things when i was in about the fifth or sixth grade and i think my body was preparing to get my first period. I had migraine headaches for almost a solid month and I was so young. It was a really odd occurrence, but then I didn't really see or feel anything different for a while. Um, I always, always as a kid had stomach problems. And I think um, that was often attributed to like stress or anxiety. My parents were divorced in the eighties and not many people's parents were. So I think it was just like, Oh, she's so stressed about that. I really wasn't. My stomach was just upset. So it really came into play when I was in my teen years and um, my period pain started to be um, debilitating. Um, when I went to college, and I'm sure my nutritional value in my food was not super, super great. We all do. <laughs> we do our best, man, right? But I switched birth control pills and I started to notice I would have these like intestinal spasms and it would not be directly associated with my period. So I didn't necessarily associate these things with a menstrual cycle. I would have these intestinal spasms quite frequently. And it was totally debilitating. It was the only thing that I would ever miss class for. Um, I would just sort of disappear. It happened one time in front of a college friend. We were just hanging out after rehearsal of a play. And he was like, you are a different color. Like your face, you're like white as a sheet. Like, I I think I should take you to the hospital. And I was just so out of it from the pain. I was like, I, I just remember like being in his Jeep going to the hospital. And it was a teaching hospital. So it waited for hours. And then a multiple team of people gave me a gynecological exam, which as a young woman was absolutely terrifying. So to be honest, no level of pain that I've had, which has been a history of very, very high, dangerous pain. I never have gone back to the hospital because it was really a very scary experience. I mean, it's, it's when it's so unknown, people handle it in a really different way. And people often dismiss women's pain. People who are trans, non-binary, non-binary often experience this as well. And so if you're not believed, you just don't go. And it sometimes then prevents you from getting help. So I would go back to the doctor and tell them I'm having these pains. This is completely debilitating. I've missed class. I had every test you could have CT, MRI, PET scan, CAT scan, all the things. And all tests are always normal because endometriosis is not um, able to be seen on any of these tests, which leads to the diagnosis delay that I had that I did not get diagnosed until I was 37 years old. Um, So that was decades of pain, decades of missed work, missed events, missed weddings, missed trips. um, And it was not until I was trying to have a child and we were having some delays that they were like, oh, good heavens. Well, we need this white woman to procreate. So then people started to pay attention. That sent me a really big message. That was sort of the beginning of this project because it was just like, wait, what? It was very strange. My pain was dismissed. I was not believed, but it was vital to them that i be able to procreate.
0: Yes. Uh, sadly, that is kind of the real realisation at the moment. I mean, I've said this a hundred times to people on the podcast, it was either, you know, you get there and you say, I'm in real pain. And it's like, well, we can't do anything unless you want to have a baby. And it's like, well, bringing another life into the world just to stop my pain probably isn't the best reason to have a child. And even I haven't, you know, it's definitely that psychological thing on your head as well. It's just like, well, it's over there, and then you hear about twenty-four-year-olds desperate to have hy- hysterectomies because of the pain, and you're just like, ah! But that is definitely your story. Is is you know? I was nodding along. I was like, yep, that was me. Yep, yep. And it's 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 very similar. And you know, yeah, in a way of if you if you're a woman or have been, you know, female organ, it's it's that kind of price of all right. Are you going to procreate or not? That's when it when it's when you're not we won't even bother with you and endometriosis is like you said it takes a long time and it does it's you know it's it's you know I get it with doctors they have to go through all the things to find it but it's like can we just put it up the list a bit higher you know <laughs> just go there first because
1: in that time that we're waiting and then we're trying to advocate for ourselves it's a pervasive progressive illness that is continuing to do damage within our bodies and every time we are gaslit by a doctor even if it's a doctor who is well in intended and just is not as educated because our education system at the, um, when it comes to endometriosis is so off. You can be a really great skilled doctor with great intentions, but there's such a disconnect with the reality of what the illness is and what doctors know. So the combination of the time going by and the illness progressing, making you deal with multi like inflammation, pain, symptoms that cross multiple categories and are really slowing you down in your body. You're also dealing with being gaslit and having your pain dismissed, sometimes also by family members and friends, again, who are well-meaning. And it just creates a vast like gap in between where you are and what you need and the help that can actually reach you. So there's a lot going on in this sort of catch-22 that you and I are talking about and that we've experienced and that we're, I think, kind of trying to shine a light on. So hopefully those who come after us have a little bit of a cheat sheet to get better care at quicker time so they're in safer hands.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I yeah, I would say when you're talking about gaslighting, you know, when I watched your documentary, it was kind of the first connection I got. I was like, you know, looking back, I was like, yeah, they weren't really listening to me, were they? And, you know, you've had past relationships saying it's all in your head or it can't be that bad. And why are you missing work for this? You know, that kind of thing. And for people who don't know you listen to this. You, you know, gaslighting is uh, maybe you can explain it a bit better than me, actually, because you, the, the documentary is around that area. So
1: yeah, we explore it in the documentary and show some experiences that might be really relatable. But the the definition is basically people telling you what you're experiencing is not happening, and sometimes, again, it can be a well-meaning um, friend, um, a sister who loves you but just doesn't understand, a boyfriend, um, and Because our society accepts the mistrust of women just so rampantly, It's been normalized so much for people who even love us and care about us. And their job is to advocate for us to kind of dismiss that pain. We just have such a disconnect of the reality of what's actually happening. So as I say, gaslighting runs rampant in this situation. And again, a lot of times it's not like it's a mean, evil person meaning to. We're just so far away from the reality of what this illness is and how complicated it is. And then what it looks like, because, Right before I had my first surgery when I had endometriosis eating my appendix and attaching some of my organs to my sides, because that's what it does. I looked fantastic. I don't mean like I'm a beautiful, perfect person, but I just mean I looked healthy. I looked, you know, you would look at me and say, You look great. I mean, you look beautiful today. You could be in so much pain right now, Eddie. And I would not know. So gaslighting happens and it's it's important to understand it's not just like a manipulative, intentional thing. I think it really, really is pervasive even with very well-meaning support systems. And that's why we really need to use this film and these conversations to educate those people that love us and care about us and just need to expand their understanding of what's happening. The hysterical woman that comes from literally like hysterectomy, a wandering uterus from like the olden days of when people were experiencing endometriosis, pain, and grief. And oftentimes women who experience infertility and pregnancy loss, those terms can also be thrown on women and people who experience pain and grief that is just invisible to someone else and um, is misunderstood. So this film and my intention to you, to people listening and to everyone who watches, I am saying, I believe you, your pain is valid and real. And for those who don't believe, we're not going to waste our energy and we're going to keep talking about this until this gets better for
0: all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. No more uh Sigmund Freud talk here. It's, you know, it's yeah, it's why it's like just believe me? Uh, you know, just believe me is all right. So, yeah, let's get to the documentary. So, Blood and Guts Exposing Expo. It's a very, it's very personal. I saw a, a lot. And first I want to say you know, pardon the pun, but it did take guts to do that for you. And like your portrayal of what you show. I mean, how did you, how did the project start for you? Was it just what you saw from doctors or was it just, you know what, let's get this, Advocated out here?
1: It started really um, organically and in a way that I had no idea that it would become what it became. My job at the time was um, a video producer creating um, creative, cool content for HETV handmade, for really awesome, fun um, places. So I always had not only a camera on me, but my phone and would be catching cute little moments of my dogs or fun DIY projects. So I already was filming stuff for my job and my body was starting to kind of shut down and break down. And I'd have these this sort of dual life of where on camera and with my peers, I was one way and I'd have to go to the doctor and be alone in the dressing room and be really scared and know people weren't believing me. And so I just started to kind of record some of these moments, partly so that I could remember what was happening because I was also experiencing vertigo, migraines, vestibular, um, expe- um vestibular symptoms that were affecting my memory. I needed to actually recall what each and every one of these many doctor's appointments was as I was on a search to find a diagnosis and a treatment that would make me be able to live My life in a more functional way. So I honestly started to record it just so that I could remember what they were saying and I could make decisions. And I also was just feeling kind of like I was walking into a haunted house or something ahead of my friends. And I was like, it's really scary in here. And I kind of wanted to call back and be like, you guys, this is really scary in here. Like don't come in or, you know what I mean? So I just started to film and it also became like a little bit of a friend, because I didn't know about the endo community. I didn't know I had endo. I didn't necessarily know about um, these wonderful places that you can go online to just talk to different patients and awesome endo warrior accounts to follow. So the camera was kind of my endo friend who I could speak to and just share this with. And to be honest, I was like, none of this will ever be anywhere or seen. So it allowed me to be vulnerable and real and honest in a way that I would not have been if I set out with the intention to make a documentary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you get that. It is like, like I said, you know, guts, because I was like, I don't want to sit film myself when I'm having a flare-up or, you know, I'm crouched in the bathroom in the, you know on the, around the toilet and your boyfriend's checking that you're alright, and you're like just leave me alone I just want to you know you do literally want to hide from the world and being brave enough to expose that type of, and it and you know it Daphne is going to get people out there going, yeah, that's what I've got. Or, oh, that looks similar. And absolutely. And you inter- interview an amazing collection, so uh, people with endo and also doctors. Like, how did you find that process with, you know, some people are like this way, some people are that way. You know, how was your, how was the experience for you in a way, going hearing these things as well from a not knowing about endo now? Knowing
1: them well, this was also new to me. I really did not know much about this at all. And um, when I went to doctor after doctor, and they weren't listening to me and hearing me, I looked up and found from other patient reviews. And this is how I recommend someone find a doctor: is just literally list, like read what patients are saying. And that's how I found Doctor Iris Orbuck in New York City, and she's the one who diagnosed me. And I am so lucky that she is who I found first because she is one of the best endometriosis experts in the the world she's in the top 10 in the country so to get into her hands first was amazing and i started talking um as soon as i was diagnosed with her in the office i said when i feel better we are going to advocate together somehow and she is so wonderful that she's not only committed to being a great doctor but she's committed to being an advocate and so um that was sort of like the first conversation about it and um when i left new york i moved to the dc area and dr gabby moad was my doctor So I met them organically through my own healthcare journey. And I'm so grateful they're two of the best doctors ever. And while making this film, I learned so much and editing it, hearing these facts and this information over and over again has empowered me and educated me so much. Um, And Jessica Mernan, who is just such an incredible author, advocate, and she just feels like she's your best friend when you're talking to her, when you're reading her content. She was the first person I sort of connected with and talked to about it. And she leads by such a wonderful example of being so educated and also so accessible. Like she's like, yes, we know that plant-based this and XYZ is such a great nutritional support for you. And sometimes you just need a bowl of rice and you have to do what you have to do. I mean, she just has a a great combination of sort of the best information and also so accessible. And I met Kyla through Jessica and I saw Corey sort of in the endo community and they're both such strong, amazing advocates and Each individual has work on their own that I highly recommend people follow because they just are so wonderful. Making this film became so healing because I was surrounded by such empowered, educated people that I left this creative process feeling like I have such a better understanding of what's going on with me and how to
0: champion for my body absolutely i mean like i felt like i it was like well, it's a 30 minute thing i felt like oh my god she's like yeah i could probably talk to you meg about these kind of things even though we are uh, we have an ocean between us and everything it's that kind of thing and yeah seeing like um because uh i have to say that so Corey is is trans yeah he um identifies as male
1: And he was born with um, the same reproductive system that you and I have. So he had to deal with a whole ocean of trauma and grief and barriers that I can't even fathom. And that's definitely a big part of the film too. Is we want to make sure that we, I'm very clear that Corey facing additional pain and barriers due to being trans, and Kyla facing additional bari- barriers being a black woman. It does not take away from my pain as a white woman at all. Of course, I've had pain. It's not the pain Olympics, but as a white woman, if I've faced these barriers and I've been excluded from care due to my gender, I want to make sure that. I am incredibly inclusive and making sure that I am looking and seeing who who is suffering even more or from obstacles that... I don't also have. And that's really important in our community to make sure that we know what it's like to be excluded. And we don't wanna do that with anybody else. And I don't need to speak on behalf of a community. Instead, let's share the microphone and have a conversation together. And Corey did such a beautiful job. Um, He advocates in so many ways. I recommend following him um, of expressing what he has experienced that I I can't even know about. Endometriosis is gendered and it shouldn't be because it affects people who are across the spectrum of genders. And um we need to make sure that we are believing people and what they're saying their experience is, because they are the expert of what they're going through. And it's our job to listen. And when you have amazing people like Corey Smith and Kyla Cantazar, who are advocating.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've been, yeah, since watching your film, I've been following them and like the horror, that, I say horror because it is the horror that we have been through as, kind of westernized girl well women and then you're like well there's other communities that are you know it's 10 times what and you could just like how is that And yeah you kind of it's a whole idea of you you don't know someone to you've walked in their own shoes but again we it's not even the right shoes it's going to be like the different feet it's that kind of you know and it's I mean that's why you you know you and I we are, you know, we that's the reason I made this. This is, you know, a reason to get it out. And I talk to people like you and hearing, you know, hearing these, you know, these it is, yes, it's a horrible thing that we have being horrible about it. We are doing something about it. And even if it is just someone listening or someone's got half an hour to watch your film, it's it's amazing. And I really sleep that. And the and you know, i I, I send out good thanks waves so to the people you, you interviewed because they've done so much for, well, definitely for me, like learning about kind of, you know, it's, you know, I've always had a big thing. Of, yeah, especially with seeing a doctor that actually gets it is definitely going to help a lot of people because when you're when you're trying to fight with a chronic dis- disorder and then you're trying to fight to be heard and you're trying to be heard by a doctor who in your head knows everything is the doctor who who what's going to tell you how you're better well and when
1: we we see things like we have a history in the united states where gynecological history has been deeply cruel to black women and um we might say why is that relevant today because it is written in textbooks that Black women do not experience pain at the same level as white women from long ago, and there are still doctors today that believe that, and that is incorrect information, and that affects how if Kyla walks into a hospital and there are doctors there with this racial bias that they're not even aware of, she's not going to be able to access safe care for herself. And that is how Black women have to walk around our Black maternal rate. um, What's the correct term for that? Our um, Black maternal mortality rate is um, absolutely terrifying. Black women are in danger when they are seeking health care. And so as a white woman I have certainly experienced the patriarchy. I've certainly experienced a, a, a personal hell living with endometriosis and not having my pain believed. And so when you're in that pain, it can sometimes be hard to peek out and look and see what the pain of someone else might be. But I just encourage us all to just be gentle with ourselves and even more gentle with other people and just try, even when we're suffering, to just look out and reach out and say, okay, how could someone else be suffering as well or in a different way or even more than I and how can we band together to advocate for ourselves?
0: Amen to that sister. It's like, you know uh yeah and yeah the world is a horrible place but you know it's it's definitely you know I, I, we could talk about that kind of topic I, you know I would love to get you know definitely uh you know interviews I'm like come here let's talk about it more and everything but yeah it's you know definitely an area well I again I'm not an you know we're not an expert we don't know what it's like and it's by sharing it we find out and um what kind of you know we're coming to the end now soon it's like what what's the plan for the documentary uh, I know it's online are you taking it I don't I know everything's since you know COVID has kind of altered festivals and things but what what's your plan with it are you gonna I see I see it becoming
1: a uh, a, a docu-series um, or, or at least a full length documentary. I see that there are many chapters to this. This is sort of just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and, and the very little that I even share about what uh, trans community, non-binary people, um, Black women experience. I mean, it, it, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's, there, there are whole chapters that we could be going into. So I am hoping to find a partner, um, a production company. Um, I'm in you know, some very early beginning talks of how and where this could possibly um, happen. And I'm very open to, to that because this is a new realm. It's a new subject. We're just starting to see the very first TV show with someone who has endo books with it. So it's very new territory, but it is incredibly relatable. And there's a commonality. Even if you don't have endometriosis, you could re- relate to this film because perhaps you haven't been believed as a female in another subject. Um, That's a very common theme, I think, with a lot of what so many people go through, whether it's an invisible illness, chronic pain, or just being dismissed due to the color of your skin, your gender. So I'm hoping that this is the beginning and that we can go far and wide with this and just have great conversations to just keep this going. And I am learning and getting better as we go. So even as we touched upon, yes, the world can be a horrible place, but what's exciting is seeing people be ready and willing to learn, whether it's about racial inequality that you did not see or chose not to see before, or the pain other people are experiencing, you know, if we're choosing to take our time and educate ourselves and try to be better and try to get better, that's what it's all about. That's what I would, my prompt would also be to anyone who thinks they might have endometriosis. Yes, it's a pretty messed up system, but what we can do is we can be empowered our own selves and we can empower patients and we can have open communication and connect with each other and share safe resources so again the whole system might be kind of screwed but if we keep getting better then that's what we can do that's where the power is
0: completely the power is yeah just keep doing what you're doing Meg and just you know we would definitely be uh powering you you know I'd love to see a docuseries of this you know I can see you know but, you know I had a background in media production and sadly had to end it because of my because of endo and you know that can't happen anymore. I don't want someone who's, you know, ha- you know, having, oh, I have this dream, but something's keeping back. I'm like, no, let's not do that anymore. And, and representation is definitely there. And it was absolutely wonderful to see the representation that you showed on your documentary. And um, so people probably will now have been talking about this amazing thing. How do we get to watch it?
1: You can see um, blood and guts exposing endo at endomission.org. I have the film there. I also have safe resources and some pain management tools that I have used. Um, You can find doctors through a couple of the links there. There There's some books. um, There's some great um, resources like the Endo Summit, Endo Black. So I wanted this to be a place where you could come, you could watch the film, and then you could also find your own community and just start there. Just start at endomission.org. It's a good starting place to be able to go and build whatever support you need in order to find the help that you need. Um I also just want to say Eddie, I'm so sorry for the suffering that you've had to endure because of endo. It is no joke. It's like a personal tour of hell. It's very isolating. It's very scary. You are such a badass for coming out of this and even if you go back in and you suffer again some more, you are such a warrior for just putting one foot in front of the other and speaking your truth and when we have to walk away from a career or make a huge pivot from a city that we love or end a relationship because of this, because they don't understand, it's a real loss and it's real grief and it can be trauma. So I just want to honor that and salute you and thank you so much for putting your time and your energy into this work. It's so important and I just think you're really badass for
0: doing it. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Meg. Oh, I've got a bit of emotion. Oof. I not to our emotions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh well, thank you, yes. us Americans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, oh no, but yeah, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate, it. and um, it's you. Literally, it's I'm honoured to do this. I'm honoured to you know, and I hope like your documentary almost if you know if someone gets a diagnosis quicker than the eight years you know and you know one in ten of us has experience of this endometriosis that's I think it's a lo- that's a lot of people. That is a lot of, you know, and let's talk about it. And yeah, it's, oh, you phoned me with all the compliments. So, uh, so, yeah. So, thank you so much, um, Meg. It's been really appreciated. Uh, got one more question that I do ask all my guests. And uh, if you could change one thing about endometriosis, what would that be?
1: I could change one thing about endometriosis. It would just simply be believe people when they tell you what they're experiencing just to be believed from a doctor, from a friend, just believe what we're saying. So just if one person hears your podcast today and they believe somebody else a little bit more and all of us endopatients, at least 10% of people who are born with ovaries or uterus um, have this. And so even if we just take that out into the world into a different way and white women believe black women more or straight people believe non-binary LGBTQIA people more, just believing each other and trusting each other is a really great, huge, empowering step. And it also cuts out on the isolation. This is already a really isolating experience. Even if you have, I have an amazing partner. My husband is my best friend. He's always believed me. I have a mom and a stepmom who who believed me and championed for me. And it's still been a very isolating very scary experience. So if we can just like be there for each other and believe each other, it really helps put in support and it is a softer blow to some of our mental health that takes quite a beating with this and some of the emotional and spiritual crisis that we endure. It's helpful to have less isolation and more people believe you and champion you
0: absolutely and i i i copy that as well guys you know and i'm very much you could email us or you know if makes you know given the details of her documentary passage but yeah you know just reach out send a text or send you you're definitely not alone especially in covid times extra early it's you know we are going to listen to you it's you know we are here we are gonna be like you said we are, we'll be your warriors for you thank you very much again Meg thank you so much
1: for having me I really appreciate it and I really appreciate your work
0: thank you for listening if you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review to catch up of all the latest on Project Endo you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Project Endo Podcast. This has been an e Media production with music by Joseph Tembry and edited by Jack Ayers. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.